You are listening to the Boss Experience Podcast, a podcast with conversations about business growth, self-development, and maintaining a mindset to achieve business success. My name is Michelle Davis, and I am a business strategist and coach, and I'm your host. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Boss Experience Podcast. My name is Michelle Davis, and I'm your host. And I'm so excited today because I'm here with Wendy Lee Curtis. If you're seeing Wendy for the first time, Wendy Lee Curtis is a host, MC, and a moderator for multinational Fortune 100 companies. And she is here to share her expertise on what it means to confidently show up in your business. So if you're anything like me when I first started in entrepreneurship, it was crazy. Like I I had made up all kinds of excuses of why I could not show up on video. Oh, I don't feel like doing my hair. Um, I, you know, it's raining outside. Oh, you know, like all of these excuses. But the reality is to be in business, we need to be in the habit of showing up and we need to be consistent about showing up. But sometimes we don't really know how to do that. So I am super excited to have Wendy here, whom I've heard MC uh, a virtual event. And I just fell in love with her from that because she, I was like, she, she, you know, she had everybody's attention. And I said, she is, she does exactly what we are all striving to do. We want to show up on camera. We want to grab the attention of our audience and we want to attract people to us and say, Hey, I'm here. I'm here. I showed up and I'm here to do the job. (laughs) So, and get the job done. Yeah, get the job done. So I I have a lot of questions for you. And I know you have a lot to share with the audience because people are, I'm assuming you're an extrovert, but correct me if I'm wrong. Were you always an extrovert or were you always someone that was like, show me where the camera is and I'm ready? (laughs) Oh, Michelle. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, it is my honor to be your guest today and to be having this conversation. It's a really, really important one. More now than ever. Because the world that we're living in is in flux and it's in the struggle of uh, we really need people like the legacy leaders and entrepreneurs that you speak to and who come to you for mana, as it were, from heaven to understand that it's never been more critical for the qualified quiet to show up. I like that. The qualified quiet. Yes. I have a very good friend. Her name is Meredith Feynman. She wrote this amazing book called Brag Better. If you don't have it, get it in rotation. And she actually trademarked and coined that phrase, the qualified quiet. But to your question, I think I'm more of an ambivert. I have moments when I love being connected to people, being in conversation, being in community. And then at some point I max out and I become a recluse for a few days. I am perfectly content to sit in my house for days and weeks on end. But there are things that can and do draw me out. And I I understand this angst that people have around showing up on camera. It was not necessarily something that I longed for. In fact, as a kid, so we're talking about still photography. I I remember actively avoiding still photos. I hated the way I looked Mm. at photos. Like actively hated it. Never really gave a thought about appearing on video camera, but because in my mind, that was actually an extension of still photography. But um, my mother swears up and down, I sprang from the room with tap shoes on. (laughs) I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to sing and dance on Broadway. And I knew that from a very, very, very young age. 
I was the kid that was glued to the television watching Harold and Bayard Nicholas, you know, and the Metro Goldwyn um, black and white films on Saturday mornings, Sid Charisse, Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers. Like mm-hmm. to me, I, I was like, you can get paid to do this. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> So how did you go from, you know, where you're like hesitant to be on still photography and now you're like this MC and, you know, based on what you've observed, because you've been in a lot of rooms with uh, female entrepreneurs, hyping them up, getting them, you know, ready for whomever's to come on, you know, on the stage next. What are you noticing in, in these rooms? So it's a two part question. One is what took you from being, you know, like, I don't want to be on still photography to being the you know, magnificent woman that you are now, you know, the hype woman and, you know, a sought after MC and speaker. And what are you seeing in the rooms? What's holding people back from, you know, showing up for their business and showing up confidently for their business? So the first part, the first answer to your question is, I actually achieved that dream of singing and dancing on Broadway. I actually manifested that. So I was a Broadway performer for years, Lincoln Center, Radio City Music Hall, Carnegie Hall. And that form is very different. And the way that you're trained to project in that space is very, very different. So in theater, we have this saying, play to the back of the room, Mm -hmm. play to the back of the house. And when you're on the stage, there's a a hierarchy, whether people realize it or not, the stage is higher than, than... you know, everyone is sort of looking up, even the front row people are sort of looking up to the stage. And inherent in that is this feeling of being imbued with power. That coupled with the fact that we get to escape, we get to escape into characters and costumes and lighting. So we get to suspend who we are and transplant that with someone else. And it's amazing what you can do and who you become when you can sort of set who you are aside. We've heard the saying a million times, act as if, fake it till you make it. In some very real ways, there are aspects of that that are tied to being an onstage performer. The camera can be very unforgiving. I understand. I actually overstand the anxiety and the fear that people have around being on camera. People may not know this, but the events world actually has very strong ties to the Broadway community. A lot of the people on the production side of live conferences and events come from my world come from that world. And so initially my entree into events was as a performer. I was being hired by production companies to dance and sing as entertainment for these conferences and events. It wasn't until after 9-11, when I moved from New York to Las Vegas, that everything took a huge turn, 180 degree turn. Broadway was moving out west. And I thought that I would look more attractive as a hire if I was a local hire. They wouldn't have to pay the extra money to move me out. None of the per diem, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like a business person. What I did know is they didn't care about that. They wanted the cachet of New York performers. So all of the additions for all of those shows happened in New York. Everyone was hired in New York and they were moved out in mass to rehearse and do those shows. I just come off the national tour of Mamma Mia. I had this kid to support and to educate. There was a private school that I really wanted her to go to because the public schools somewhere a little. And so I had to figure it out. And our local ABC affiliate there had an open casting call. It was called the Great Traffic Reporter Contest. The long and the short of it is about 300 people showed up. I was one of them through a series of auditions and callbacks and and live on air reporting. I landed the gig. So it was trial by fire. 
Hey, it's Michelle here from the Boss Experience Podcast. Are you a coach, consultant, or other professional service provider trying to figure out where your next client lead is coming from? There are professionals on LinkedIn closing more deals than any other platform. You want to know why? People log on to Facebook and Instagram for social purposes. However, people come to LinkedIn for the sole purpose of networking with other professionals and doing business. When you implement a LinkedIn strategy correctly, it makes the difference between scrambling for your next client and having leads flowing into your business. So my friend, Troy Hippolito, just so happens to be a LinkedIn expert. And when you work with Troy, you get the exact formula to not just get a lead, but actual clients. So if you need a dedicated done-for-you service or just the blueprint to be effective on LinkedIn, Troy's got you covered. Just visit CEOGamePlan.com to schedule a free, no-obligation call with Troy to see how you can leverage LinkedIn for your business. Now back to the episode. So if you want to talk about confidence and how to move from something that you have efficacy and confidence into something that maybe superficially you don't have a touchstone for. That's actually a perfect example in my own life, Mm -hmm. because I think that people will look at my career or my trajectory and think, oh, well, that's a natural. No, it's not. Broadcast news has nothing to do with Broadway. (laughs) Totally different skill set. Yeah. Except that they're both high impact, high touch, highly collaborative environments, right? You have on a Broadway stage, you have three people telling you what to do while you're doing it. You have the choreographer, the director, and the music director. The choreographer's telling you how to dance. Um, the director's telling you where to dance. And the musical director's telling you how to sing while you do all that moving and dancing. The same is true in broadcast news. You literally have someone in your ear as you're talking and delivering the news, telling you when to start, when to stop. There's breaking news. This is what's happening. You're not out there. So you have to re- rely on that, that team effort. And so you have to borrow. You have to borrow confidence. Mm-hmm. And there's two ways you can do it. You can either borrow it from the people around you. I'm humble. I don't have any problem telling some people, I don't know what I'm doing. I need your help. And I think a lot of people struggle, particularly women, struggle with that. We, we don't want to say we don't know what we're doing because that means we're weak. Why? Pride <laughs> comes before fall. You want to wait till you fall and then ask? I, listen, I will tell somebody in a minute, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. I actually told the general manager at the station when he hired me. I asked him if he was insane. I was like, are you insane? He's like, I don't think so. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. He said, that's okay. We'll teach you. You have personality. People like you. You're, you know, all the, all, all the other intangibles that you can't teach. You have, we can teach you the mechanics. I said, okay. He seemed incredibly confident that I could get there. And so I borrowed his confidence. I had an iota of confidence in some aspects of what was being asked of me, but I had to borrow his mm-hmm. until I could and have confidence of my own. And the other part of that is people discount soft skills. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So much research and data that shows that soft skills actually play a much larger role in the success of people in business and entrepreneurs than even hard skills. Don't discount the soft skills that you have, particularly for women, particularly if you are married or a mother. 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of unpaid labor in those niches that transfers and translates into business. Absolutely. You know, if we stay home or whatever, we think, oh, well, I just stay home and I take care of the kids. There's a lot. And, and as mothers, mother to mother, you know, there's a lot that goes into taking care of the kids, taking care of the house. Even if you're going out to work every day, there's a lot that goes into that. And we discount that about ourselves. We think we don't have value. That's because we live in a world that says if you're not paid for it, then it, if it's not monetized, then it's not valuable. Mm-hmm. But there is, we've seen how the, the currency of poor parenting plays out in a society. So clearly it matters, um, not just to the family unit, but to the society at large. Birthing and raising good citizens <laughs> has a, 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 a gross effect that's great for everyone. That's the net effect of that. So don't discount that. And again, I really want to disabuse people of this idea that it's not okay to make mistakes because I made a lot of mistakes when I was on air at KTNB ABC, but it wasn't for a lack of trying. I was there early and I stayed late. I was promoted three times in one calendar year. Wow. I was employee of the month, you know, six months into my tenure at that station because I cared deeply about doing well. I did not want to be the weakest link. I was a part of the morning show which at the time was number three in the market. And together we moved to number one. You know, we became the number one morning show. Don't be afraid to fail because my granny used to say there's value in the valley. Yes. We, we, we learn. We learn in those failings. I hate that word, but I can't think of another one because it's early for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, missteps perhaps, you know, learnings, future learnings. There's value in that. And we have infinite potential. I, I just need everyone to, to know and understand that there is infinite potential. There's infinite genius for us to draw on. We just have to move all of the crap out of the way, all of the mind trash out of the way, polish it up so it can be revealed so that we can shine. And that's why mindset is so important with entrepreneurship, because people think, well, can I just show up and just make money, I'm going to make six figures, right? All I have to do is like show up. No, you, you really, really have to do the work. And I always say like, if I, if it wasn't for entrepreneurship, I don't think I would have delved so much into Mm self-development and mindset because I was just moving along. I was good. Like I thought, I thought I was good. (laughs) And then next thing you know, I make this big career transition and it's like, okay, I'm not confident in anything. What was I thinking? I can't compete with all these other people online that are doing well (laughs) on our social media feeds, right? And so, yeah, it's a lot. Now you said something, you know, you talked about, you know, being promoted three times in in a year. And And there's an important piece there that people tend to miss. And they, and they don't take enough to do. But the one thing is you were consistent. You cared enough about what you were doing and you were consistent. And when people see those qualities in you, they're automatically drawn to you. They're automatically drawn to you. And so when they say, you know, who are we going to promote? They're looking at who's showing up, who's showing up and who's giving their all into this. And, and, and not, yeah, it's not linear. It's not linear. So I tell that story and it sounds, you know, it's all rainbows and unicorns. But I remember being filled with angst every day that I was going to be fired. You know, mm-hmm. the, that little voice, sometimes you can't see from inside your own jar. Mm-hmm. Right. I definitely had insecurities around that work because I didn't listen. I had enough respect for the profession 
to know that you really should go through a formalized training before you're in front of the camera <laughs> espousing the news. <laughs> the way I could sort of disabuse myself of that was to say, okay, well, I'm doing traffic, right? None of this is make it or break it. But then I was, um, I had this great news director from Chicago, Italian American guy, his name is Dick Tuniga. He has since passed on, but icon mm-hmm. in the broadcast news industry. I'll never forget him calling me into his office. And I thought, well, that's it. I'm fired. They see through me. I'm a complete fraud. I'm totally screwing up. Like this is, this is the narrative that's running through my mind. Otherwise, why is he calling me into the office? Sits me down. He says, morning, kid. How you doing? <laughs> uh, well, clearly I'm this close to being unemployed. So. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> Are you enjoying what you're doing? Do you like it? I'm like, yeah, I love it. He goes, you know, kid, traffic is bullshit. You want to be a news anchor? Michelle, I freaked out. I freaked out. I could not say no fast enough. No! <laughs> <laughs> he probably looked at you like you were crazy. A hundred percent. And I really <laughs> want your listeners to, to hear this, right? Because when I tell the story, it sounds, again, right? I said, no. Who, who does that? Who does it? I said, no. I said, but you know what? You, you don't have an entertainment reporter. And I have an entertainment background. I would love to do that. To which he responded, done. You're a new entertainment reporter. Go up to HR. Mm. <laughs> and you're like, that was easy. <laughs> yeah. What I knew was I was already doing something new. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's something else for your listeners to understand is climb, reach by all means. But one of the best ways to really set yourself up for success is to leverage the truth about your current capabilities. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I think it's perfectly okay for something to be just beyond your reach, right? Because that's an opportunity for you to fortify yourself, strengthen yourself, and reach that next rung. But I knew that if he threw me in that anchor chair from watching it up close, I was like, yeah, that's how I really cracked the bed. (laughs) (laughs) I said, (laughs) the entertainment reporting was an interim step for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was able to, a few months after that, that interim step through movement in the station, we had people who were promoted and then we had people who left to go do national news. And suddenly we had a hole in our anchor chair for the weekend morning news. And so despite my best efforts to avoid that, eventually I was drafted. There was, it was me. (laughs) (laughs) the roster the bench is empty but by then I had more confidence right and you said something too you know you talked about yeah turning down this news anchor position but also you quickly knew what aligned with your expertise and that's entertainment you're like that is my strength it's not so much that we're not going to have limited beliefs Right. It's how we come out of it and how we combat it. So, you know, some may say, okay, Wendy, you probably totally could have rocked that, an- you know, that anchor position in that moment. But you're like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. But you seize the opportunity to go with what you were already, what you were, what aligned with who you were as Wendy Lee Curtis. You had this entertainment background. Yes. You're like, that is where I'm going to be the greatest asset. It was like the training wheels for me for the anchor position. So when I finally was moved up to the anchor desk, and by then this is a completely different news director, right? Mm-hmm. So the objective feedback that I'm getting is you're you're doing well at this, you're excelling at this, right? Because it's not even the same person now at this point. It's a completely different news director because Dick has moved on, saying, "No, Lee, you know you're going to co-anchor Weekend Morning News once again. Are you insane?" <laughs> Because I think there there can be a default setting in us sometimes, that inner dialogue, that, that inner talk that we do with ourselves that just becomes reflexive. I don't think it's necessarily to 
terrible, but I think it's important to catch it when it's happening. Yeah. So we can reverse it and flip it around. Yeah. And utilize it in a different way. And so thankfully I was surrounded by people who wanted to see me do well. That helps. It can be very difficult to to move in that way if you don't have that support around you. And it, it all worked out. It actually more than worked out. Absolutely. So if someone said, if someone's watching this and they said, well, you know, well, I like her, you know, there's a lot I need to work on. How can I work with Wendy? Oh, child, reach me on LinkedIn. I, <laughs> I'm the queen of the DM. I, I, answer, I respond to every single DM. <laughs> uh, yeah. So here's what I'll say to your viewers also is you're more than worthy. A lot of the anxiety around appearing on camera is all of the preparation that it takes before the camera actually turns on. I actually feel like that's the part where people move into the spin cycle and they have a really hard time stepping out of it. What you want to do is make as much of that process default as possible. If you're using a tripod and you have your phone on it, and this is what you're recording off of, and you're always having to fiddle with the settings. You want to mark the floor with blow tape exactly where the stand should go. You want to mark the telescoping rod with blow tape so it comes up exactly. So all of that is default. All of your lighting, all of your mics, everything has a set place to be, and it's clearly marked. Like you could do it on your worst day with no coffee and a sty in your eye. You could still... to be default, all of the technical stuff like that defaulted. And for those moments when like you're just not feeling it, we all have as a creative, I know the power of our craft. I know that people live their entire lives through the soundtrack of our work. You need a hype playlist. You need a hype playlist that you play so that when that music starts to play, it moves you into the mind space and the heart space of being excited and ready to communicate because that's all you're doing. Right. And you got to rev your spirit up. You got to, you got to get, yeah, you got to motivate yourself. If it's gospel music, if it's Lizzo, if it's Bruno Mars, you know, if it's uh, country and what, what, whatever makes you just like, if you tried to sit still, you couldn't because when it comes on, it just, it literally moves you. If you want to move other people, you have to be moved. You, you have to prime the pump. Mm-hmm. I don't know people I see. I had a grandma and granddaddy that had like old, <laughs> all these sayings. Yeah, yeah. Old, old school. They had a, a well. And if you wanted water to come out of, you had to prime the pump first so that the water would come out of the well. The same is true before you appear on camera. You want all the technical aspects of it to be default setting. Everything is marked. You're literally just flipping on switches. That's it. If you don't love the way you look that day, there are all kinds of little filters on Zoom that soften our appearance. Um, there's any number of chicks, tricks, gentlemen and women that we can do to look and appear better on camera. There's nothing that makes you look better than a bold color. That's a really great way to fake the funk. Like this green that I have on, something solid, no patterns. All of that can buoy and lift your appearance on camera. Get your music on, get your notes in front of you and turn on the camera and go. And and leave that tiny little critic, you know, somewhere else in the corner. Nobody's perfect. I don't care what it looks like on camera. Behind the scenes, a lot of these folks are a hot mess. Looking <laughs> from experience. Yeah, the world needs your genius. You and I were talking before. We have a lot going on in our lives. A lot of people do. The world is on 10 right yes. now. Yes. On, on fire. So please give yourself some grace. Give yourself some grace and please share your genius. It's imperative. It's not, oh, wouldn't that be nice? I need you to hear me 
it's imperative that everyone who is working their zone of genius is sharing it with the world. We need y'all. Yeah, because if you're not sharing it, people don't know you're out there. They don't know you're out there. And so if the people don't know you're out there, how are they going to do business with you? Well, you've been such an inspiration, Wendy. Now I'm going to, I'm going to pull a, a final word out of you. And then I want you to um, speak out like the spelling of your name, because it's not a traditional spelling. So people can find you on LinkedIn if they're listening to the audio version of the podcast. And so final word, and then how can people find you? Who are they, you know, are they looking for Wendy, W-E-N-D-Y? Or are they looking for- <laughs> cousins still spell my name that way and I literally won't respond to them on social media I was like you're related to me you, you don't know how to spell my name you. it is my pet peeve <laughs> so uh the easiest way to do it is um all of my Broadway friends call me Wendy Double E because my name is spelled W-E-N-D-E-E so the double E replaces the Y my name is full of E's Lee is spelled L-E-E and then Curtis is C-U-R-T-I-S. So my complete name is Wendy Lee Curtis, spelled W-E-N-D-E-E-L-E-E-C-U-R-T-I-S. Awesome. So Wendy is on LinkedIn, so you can DM her. And you should be on LinkedIn anyway. If you're listening to this, you're watching this, don't have it in your head. Oh, I'm not on LinkedIn, so I guess I can't reach out. Get on LinkedIn. <laughs> yes. Get on LinkedIn. You should be on LinkedIn. <laughs> Final words. You know, I think the linchpin, one of the pillars of our purpose right now is reimagining the world, Mm -hmm. not tearing it down because that's a different energy, but reimagining it. I want you to center yourself in this idea of reimagination, of moving, speaking, showing up powerfully, passionately, consistently, because the world needs your light. You are a part of this renaissance. You are a part of these new and better days. So step in, step into it, shine your light and step into it. Awesome. Awesome words. It's truly been a pleasure, Wendy, to have you as a part of the Boss Experience Podcast. And I thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, sharing your experience, and sharing your light with my audience. Thank you so much, Ashe. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. And with that being said, that concludes this episode. I look forward to you tuning in to the next episode of the Boss Experience Podcast. This is Michelle Davis, along with special guest, Wendy Lee Curtis, signing off. And we hope to see you soon in our DMs and in our, in our social media and working with us. Talk soon. Hey, it's Michelle here from the Boss Experience Podcast. Not too long ago, my identity was stolen, but not the way you think. What they wanted was access to my Facebook advertising account. They posted inappropriate content on my personal Facebook page and got my account shut down by Facebook. And the crazy thing is, while my account was shut down, somehow the identity thieves were able to access my ad account, add fake credit cards, run ads, and even make sales all while I was fighting with Facebook to get my personal account and ad account restored. This situation could have easily been catastrophic. The crazy thing is, I had no clue this was happening because Facebook locked me out of my account. All I have to say is, when things happen like this, it's good to know ID Shield can help. They not only alert you if there is a problem, but they help you restore your identity to pre-theft status. So whether you are protecting your business, yourself, or your entire family, ID Shield has your back. So if you want your identity protected, 
visit phenomenalboss.com and click the ID Shield tab on the page to select the identity protection plan that works for you. And ID Shield is a subsidiary of Legal Shield, so they know a little thing or two about keeping you and your personal information safe. Now back to the episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Boss Experience Podcast. Don't forget to leave a review for this episode and tune in next time.